What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we also talk about whatever it is that's meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. Welcome to the podcast for the first timers. If you have been here before, thank you for your support. And if you have not subscribed, what the hell are you guys waiting for? Come on. You got to subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. We are on Spotify. We're on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and on Amazon. We are also on YouTube. Make sure you also follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Pac-Man to the Rescue, P-A-C-K-M-A-N to the Rescue. I am Pac-Man Batita, Pat the Pac-Man Batita. Henceforth, Pac-Man to the Rescue. Yes, I am Pat the Pac-Man. I am dog behavior and rehabilitation specialist for Pac-Man to the Rescue. And uh, we train people, not dogs. That's right. You want to train dogs? You just don't get it. But subscribe to the podcast because then I will teach you and then you will get it. We want dogs that are happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved, not well-trained. You need to be well-trained. Every dog is well-trained. Don't worry about training. Worry about psychology. Worry about the brain of the dog. Listen to the podcast. Subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. I'm going to keep saying this again. Don't worry about it. Today... I was inspired. I wanted to shoot a, a podcast episode based on topics that really happened personally. So um, it's topics that are very important. It kind of like ties in with the whole the dog training crap that really doesn't make any sense. And in case you are joining for the first time, if you're saying, what the hell did he just say? I speak Sicilian. So, you know, take out your notepad and uh, you'll learn a, another language. Therefore, let's get into it. So what is it the topics that I want to discuss today? Two topics in particular. One of them is how dogs communicate, okay? Number two is how dogs correct, period. Um, in this particular uh, episode, what we're going to talk about is more how dogs correct each other, or really it's going to be based on what happened, um, how other animals even correct dogs and how dogs respond to that. And so basically, like I said, these two topics are very important, very important, um, how dogs communicate. No, that's training. It teaches tricks. It teaches a dog to perform a trick. Um, we have to understand the psychology of the dog. How does the brain work? The brain of a dog is different than the brain of a human. I say this all the time. Dog language is different than human language. That's what's important. We have to understand those two things. Not human language applied on a dog, not human psycholo psychology applied on a dog. It doesn't make sense. That's why you take obedience classes, you teach your dog the tricks, the sit, stay, lay down, and then at the end of the day, you have these behavioral issues. Even if they're minor, even if you make excuses for it, even if you rationalize for a particular reason, they are still behavioral problems that may not be an in a, in a problem for you personally, but it's a problem for them, okay? Whether it's fear, anxiety, aggression, excitement, whatever the case may be, so quick yet. It's a problem. Oh, problem. Oh, so let's get to this. Now, how do dogs communicate and why did I, am I bringing this up based on some personal things that happened? So what ended up happening was I took socks and pepper to the vet. Um, just, you know, nothing major. So I just wanted to take them and I usually take them together. Why leave one of them home, right? No, we just saw this little mosquito. No, this was socks's turn. Pepper tagged along. It's reversed. It's the same thing. They come with me. That's how it works. That's because they're well-behaved. They're well-behaved because I'm well-trained. Does this make sense? That's why you got to subscribe. So you learn. Zing at the, zing at the. This way you learn. You get dogs that you could do everything with. Not training, not, not training. Dog psychology. All right, I'm getting carried away here. Pac-Man, man, I get carried away with this stuff because I love it. I love helping people understand their dogs. I love making dogs happy and fulfilled. 
I love that. That's really what I, why I do this. Anyway, so bringing socks and pepper to the vet. And by the way, I also have a surprise announcement coming and uh, I'll share that with you in a, in a little while. I'm very excited about it. It's been a project that's been in the works since 2016 and it's finally coming to fruition. You wanna know what it is? Sintricante, mm, Sintricante, you're curious? All right, well, I'll share it with you in a second. So um, how dogs communicate. So I'm with Socks and Pepper in the vet and it was very, very busy. Mahdo on Namia, that lobby was packed. People all over the place. They must be doing good business. Me, he soyed the chichas and he soyed the vets make good money apparently. So and I know how much they charge me. So I'm multiplying. Anyway, I'm getting, I'm digressing here. So um, I walk in with Socks and Pepper on my, on my slip leads and there's, you know, they, they want to let me in because there's other dogs that are there that are not really, too keen. Of course, I walk in with the big black scary pit bull. People are not exactly too receptive to that with their little floofy dogs and whatever, their cats and whatnot. So they want me to go directly into one of the rooms. So I'm walking into one of the rooms as I walk into the into the vet. And as I'm walking into the into the room, there's a, 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 a lady, a husband and wife that had a cat in a carrier on the ground. So it was one of those like like soft type carriers, like like, like the material made out of material. And you can see pretty clear through it. Now, listen, you guys have been paying attention. Socks and Pepper have no problem with, with other animals. They don't have any problem with anything. So I wasn't exactly concerned that they were going to do anything with the cat, but they were curious. You know, they walked in, went right for the carrier. And of course, the lady freaked out. Oh my God. So what happened was that the cat swatted and hissed very loudly at Socks. Socks was on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the receiving end of this one. So he, the cat swatted and hissed very loud, like a roar, a roar, you know, like cats do when they're like intimidating, trying to be intimidating. And, um, you know, it rumbled in, inside the room. So of course the lady, you know, was, oh my God, this dog's about to kill my cat. But so of course I took that as an opportunity, not just to educate about dogs because this, you know, I don't know if these people had dogs, if they cared about dogs, but I also wanted to take the opportunity to educate about pit bulls. So I go into this spiel and I'm explaining what was going on and I'm explaining it's okay. They're communicating with each other. And if you notice, my dogs responded perfectly to that communication. What are you talking about is, is what she said. I said, let me explain. What happened was that the cat swatted at socks. Why did he swat at socks or she? Why did she? Let's call him he. Why did he swat at socks? Simple. Socks came in a little too excited. Okay. He came in into the cat's space without permission. The cat was in this barrier, right? Felt you know, that couldn't protect itself, asserted himself, you know, was, was afraid, whatever the cat was feeling, he was communicating to socks what he was feeling. And he was basically saying in a nutshell, whoa, 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 big fella, slow down. I don't know you, you're entering my space. Your energy is a little too excited. You're a little too high end, slow it down. Okay. That was the communication in a hiss, a roar and a, and a, and a, and a swat that was it. Okay. So now we have the other end of this communication of this conversation, right? So the cat is communicating, having a conversation with socks. Now socks job at this point is to continue a respond to that communication. So now the conversation begins. Now, if socks was one of those dogs who is undisciplined, right? Unruly, who is not well-behaved, because the owners have not established direction, bounds, and limits for them, and have not touched, taught them proper manners, proper social skills, proper etiquette. You know, they're undisciplined, 
unwell, not well-behaved dogs, that dog could have responded by trying to attack the cat. Basically, the, the dog was going, well, what's your problem? Why are you, I'm, just, I'm just, just trying to say hello. What's your problem? Right. And I'm sure that you've seen this kind of stuff with two dogs. A dog will come in a little hot, a little too hot. The other dog responds and the other dog goes back. And all of a sudden you have a little scuffle, maybe not a full blown fight, but you have a scuffle, right? That's the problem is because the communication was not received properly because you never taught that dog to respect, respecto, respecto, respect is important. You never taught that dog to respect people's space, people's feelings or animals, feelings, animals, spaces. Make sense? Facenso. Oh. So the cat was saying to this to, 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 to Socks, whoa, back it up. And Socks backed up and he did not respond. He was like, just gave the cat some space. That's exactly what he did. You know, in the animal world, at least in the dog world, um, space equals respect. The more space they give to someone or something, the more respect they have for it. So the cat was asking for space. Socks being who he is and how he was taught and being well-mannered said, I apologize. I didn't mean to come in that hot. That was my fault. Let me back it up. And that's exactly what happened. So now the cat felt that he was being respected because he was being having his feelings and his desires and his will acknowledged. So there was no reason to intensify this kind of situation. Make sense? Now, this was a cat. And I know that this has happened because I have had many cats in this house with them. And when they get a little too carried away, that's how the cats respond to them. And they do exactly that. They were... They were, they're taught to do that because I don't want them to respond, especially when they're in the wrong. You know what I mean? Because when a dog, when a dog corrects, it's basically the same kind of thing, right? So we're talking about how dogs communicate, right? Now, how do dogs communicate? If you're saying that they communicate with words, you need to subscribe to this podcast right away. Hurry up, subscribe. Start watching all the episodes. There's 30 plus episodes. You need to pay attention. You need to learn. No, they don't communicate with words. They communicate with two things, energy and body language. That's it. So the cat was very assertive about it. Not angry enough, just assertive. And Sox responded. That's how dogs communicate. They don't communicate with anger or frustration. They just assert themselves, right? And the other party is going to respond to that. Okay, I'm sorry. That was my fault. Okay. Now, What's happening is that what is the other end of the correction, right? Because obviously it's not always their fault. So if you have two dogs that are communicating with themselves, that, that I'm sorry, they're communicating with each other. One of those dogs is most likely going to be the offender, right? So in this case, when we have socks and the cat, socks was the offender. So on the other side of this is we have two dogs. Okay. And this has happened on many occasions when I, when I take socks and pepper out uh, to, to rehabilitate uh, my client's dogs with me, that this is what ends up happening. So I have to educate and teach what they're seeing, what people are seeing. So what ends up happening is that how the dogs correct, they correct each other. And that's why I wanted really to talk about these two specific topics. How do dogs, how dogs communicate and how dogs correct, because this is a major um, a major misunderstanding, major misconceptions that people have. And now because of this mis misunderstanding, these, these misunderstandings or this misinformation, because you know, you go on Google and you find all this crap and then you start to absorb it and apply it. And now all of a sudden it's, it doesn't work and you're starting to get confused and frustrated. That's why your dog is responding to that is because you're confused and frustrated. You don't know what you're doing. Your dog knows that they're not going to trust and respect you. So, 
So when dogs communicate with energy and body language, just like we said earlier. So if they communicate with energy and body language, when two dogs correct each other, what ends up happening is they correct each other with a lot of sound, ah, much like the cat, that roar, that hiss sounds very, very scary, right? With dogs, I'm sure you've experienced this before. It sounds very scary, growling, snarling, very scary sound wise. Okay. The view of it is just as scary. Now, granted with the cat situation, the cat was in, in a carrier, but I'm sure that there was teeth showing claws coming out. Maybe the fur was puffing up, you know, to make themselves look bigger, much like a dog would do. So when it comes to like a dog responding to another dog saying, don't do that. It sounds very loud, very, very vicious, a lot of teeth, you know, a lot of growling, you know, puffing up the fur, pointing up of the tail, you know, that's the communication. Plus, again, the view of it, oh, my God, especially the bigger the dog, the scarier it looks, the bigger the dog, the scarier it sounds. You, you, you pee your pants when you're listening to when you see this stuff, right? And it's normal because it looks very, very scary. It looks like there's about to be a bloodbath, okay? Not necessarily. When dogs correct each other, they correct each other the way that dogs do. And it's done with energy and body language, right? So the energy component is not angry or frustrated. That's when the human component comes into place and anger or frustration causes violence. That's why it creates violence. The other side of it is body language. So dogs use their body. They use their teeth. They use their paws. They use their head. They use their body. They use their body because that's what they got, you know? So like, for example, I'll give you another example about like socks, for example, when he's dealing with like a dog, like a smaller dog, like Pepper, when she was a puppy, even now that she's smaller than him, when she gets a little too riled up or he's dealing with like a dog that's a little playing a little too hard and he's trying to calm him down, he uses his head. No, who should have had literally his head. He'll put his head on the dog and just kind of like try to slow them down, you know, try to put them in their place. So, you know, basically let them lay down and let them calm down. He uses his head, you know. He's, a, he's got a big head. I think he's a lot of So that's what he uses to slow the dog down. And again, he still does it with, with Pepper. He just puts his head on her and just knock it off. You know what I mean? Slow down. I know that you're playing a little too high, too intense. So when you're having two dogs that are, that are, that are going at it, what ends up happening is that the correction comes in. Okay. So let me use this as, let me use an example in this particular case. So there was a dog that used to stay here. Uh, when I used to board my client's dogs with me for, you know, when they were going on vacation or whatnot. So this particular dog was a big dog about, I want to say about, you know, 90 to hundred pounds. And this dog would not stop playing from the moment I put her, I took her out of the crate to the moment I put her back in to go to bed. She was nonstop and her target for playing purposes was pepper. And Pepper was considerably smaller than her, but she's just a bundle of energy even to this day. And so she didn't have a problem with it. So they would play and, you know, I would observe to see what was going on. Now, Pepper was also taught the same kind of stuff that the Sox was taught, which is you are allowed to correct. And this is important. You are allowed to correct, but to a certain extent. Get bodied. What does that mean? I'm going to get to that. Slow your roll. Let me make an announcement. Oh, this is like a commercial. I want, to, I want to explain that a project that I've been working on since 2016 is officially done and it is almost available. And that project is my autobiography, my book. My book is ready 
for people, for all you guys to enjoy and read. You want to know about the Pac-Man's life? You want to know how I got here? You want to know all the crap that I've been through? It's all in the book. God spelled backwards is the name of this book. I've been working on it since 2016. You're going to see multiple announcement on, announcements on it, especially on social media, which is one of the reasons why make sure you follow us on Facebook and on Instagram, Pac-Man to the rescue, P-A-C-K-M-A-N to the rescue. Make sure you follow us there because that's the platforms we're going to be showcasing a lot of, uh, a lot of this, this parts of this book. So I'm very, very proud of it. I busted my ass with this thing and it's, uh, you know, the cover came out really cool. I'll be sharing with that shortly. It's, on, it's going to be on social media. So that's why you got to make sure that you uh, follow us on those platforms. And uh, it's just very, very exciting. I'm very, very, very excited about it. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there, personal stuff from the moment I was born to how, you know, I got here, my family stuff, uh, personal things, some things that uh, very few people know about and uh, a few things that, uh, quite frankly, nobody knows about. And uh, you know, I'm very excited. I'm going to, you know, talk more in details about that on a later podcast episode. I just wanted to share that information. So congratulations to me. I am a published author, Pat the Pac-Man, God spelled backwards, coming soon. Make sure you read it. So anyway, back to, uh, to back to our regular scheduled programming here. Um, I'm just really excited about it. So I just had to share that. But um, anyway, back to communication when it comes to dogs. And we had this dog here, constant playing. Now, this I never thought that Pepper would ever be able to be quote unquote outplayed, meaning like she just can go, 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 go. And I never thought that there would be a dog that could kind of like just, you know, knock her out. Well, this particular dog started to just become too much. And now I'm observing Pepper and I'm seeing how she's starting to correct this dog. And she's correcting this dog. And I'm noticing that because this dog was never taught proper manners, they, uh, she, would not respond to Pepper's corrections. So I'm looking at Pepper and I'm watching her and I'm noticing that her corrections in, are intensify, intensifying. What that means is that, you know, you start off with like some snarls, some growls, maybe some pawing, maybe some like, you know, snapping without biting. That's just, you know, again, just the teeth, you know, innocent, calm, you know, nothing, nothing violent, nothing vicious, nothing crazy, just a dog correcting another dog like a dog would. No closing the mouth, none of that stuff but I'm watching the intensity grow. She wasn't intensifying in any other way, except that the intensity was growing. Now, the problem with, if you allow the intensity to grow on a dog that's correcting is that what takes place within that dog, in your dog's brain is that they have to protect themselves. They have to correct this other dog because it's up to them. Nobody else is doing it. So what ends up happening is that if they're constantly intensifying the correction, and the other dog is not responding, you know what ends up happening? If you set a fight, a fight, then you are correct. That's exactly what ends up happening because the, it just, it's just a buildup. And eventually this dog has enough and they're going to respond. They're going to retaliate just like anybody else would, even a human. You know, at some point I'm, I had enough, I'm going to explode, you know? So in order to prevent that, I would step in, right? So Socks and Pepper were taught that when it comes to correcting another dog, they can correct to a certain point, okay? So I don't want them to correct another dog in a bad way. I'm sorry, I, don't want, I want them to correct the dog to a certain point, but I don't want it to become where they have to, mm, you know what I'm saying? I do not want that. 
especially on the Sox's side, you know, because the fact of the matter is that, you know, if he does something, he's going to get blamed and he's going to be the one who's going to be, you know, paying the price because he's the one that's going to cause more damage, you know, based on what he is. Um, I learned this. And I, one of the reasons why I was applying this with him, especially for that reason was when I, when, you know, when I first start, you know, first got him and he, you know, I would bring him to uh, the dog park. I, I'm sorry. When I hired a dog walker that would bring him to the dog park, he was taught that if another dog bothers you and they're not responding, you need to go to the, your, to your human and let them deal with it. So, you know, the dog walker that, that we had at the time, she was like this little, you know, four foot two, you know, 18 year old, you know, 85 pound, you know, little girl. And he's like, you know, a 75 pound monster compared to her. So they would go to the dog park and there would be like people, you know, I'm sorry, there would be dogs that would just, you know, start to bully him. They start to like, you know, push, push him around. And of course the owners aren't going to do shit because, you know, it is what it is at the dog park. But, you know, he, at one point when it got too much, he would run and stand right next to her, right. Or behind her. And so people would make fun of him all the time. Oh, look at the big black, scary pit bull. He's such a wimp. He's so, I got news for you. He does that for a reason. And that's exactly what I wanted him to do. Because at the end of the day, if he responds, if he attacks, your dog's going to pay the price. Your dog's going to get hurt, but he's going to be blamed. So I don't want that to be the case. So I will protect him. That's my job. My job is to protect him. I don't need him to protect me. You know what I'm saying? That's really the foundation of it is if you allow your dog to protect you, they're going to protect you against everything. I don't want that. I don't want them to protect themselves either because they're going to protect themselves as dogs. It's normal. So when you have a dog who is like, you know, correcting another dog, again, a lot of teeth, a lot of snarling, you know, a lot of sound, and it sounds worse than it actually is. Most of the time when it sounds really, really bad is because the intensity is too high. So when we go back to like this dog, when I was playing with, with pepper, the, 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 um, you know, the problem was what the problem in that particular case, in that particular case would be if the intensity climbed and pepper's intensity was too high. Now, if she went to the correct and the other dog would retaliate to that, now it's, it's going to sound a lot worse. Now, my job is as the pack leader, as the one who is establishing direction, bounds, and limits is to slow them down. So the intensity of the play is at a level five max or lower. You know, so as it starts to go past the five, I have to stop them, bring them back down and then let them go back at it. So if you're consistently doing this, you're teaching them that it's okay to play, but you have to play at this level five or lower, not at this level. You know what I'm saying? That's basically what you're, what you're doing, because think about it like this. If you have like two boys, you know, that are play wrestling, right. And now it's just play, play fighting. It's just whatever, nothing crazy, but now the intensity starts to pick up and the intensity is continuing to pick up. And then all of a sudden, you know, one of the boys gets hurt. What happens now you have a full-blown fight, right? Same thing with dogs, same thing with dogs. Your job is to control the intensity. That's why it's so, it's so frustrating for me, you know, at dog parks, when you watch people just, just, it's very frustrating when you watch people not do anything let them let them let them deal let them figure it out you see this all the time i'm sure you've experienced it you know people let them figure it out let them they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out yeah they're going to figure it out like dogs that's what's going to happen and what you're teaching them is that they have to figure out amongst themselves and then you're wondering why you're having constant fights not just within your household but with other dogs too is because that's what you taught them you know 
you ha- you have to step in. You have to be the one to show them that they are not to correct past a certain point, because I didn't want Pepper to intensify those those corrections. So as soon as it got to like the point that I wanted it to be, then I would step in, and I would control the other dog. Not Pepper because Pepper was fine. I would have to correct the other dog to say slow down. She would slow down, and if Pepper was done, then I would have to make sure that the other dog knew that's enough. Okay, she said enough. She's told you multiple times, but you see, this is the problem is that people, people talk to their dogs like they're human. They rationalize with dogs. Listen, Pepper's had enough. She told you multiple times, you know, you got to give her a break. Okay. Is that okay? Do you mind? Please. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're such a good girl. Come on. You know that that's you know, that's how it works. Okay. You don't do it that way because they don't understand the words. So you have to make sure that the brain of the dog is receptive of what you're trying to communicate. Okay. So going back to, 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 to corrections and physical, how, you know, how physical dogs are, um, you know, I don't want, again, I don't want them to correct each other past a certain point. That's just not allowed. Um, they, they have to learn that in order to, they have to learn that in order to, um, what's the word? They have to learn that in order to um, feel feel protected, that they know that at some point, if it becomes something that they're just not comfortable with, somebody's going to step in to take care of it. If not, they take care of it themselves. You know, so you have to learn that that's your job. Even if you're at a dog park, listen, like I said before, If you still, if you, how could I put this? If you, if you're at a dog park, right? And I don't, I'm not a big fan of dog parks anymore. I used to go pretty frequent and now knowing what I know and and, and seeing what I've seen, I'm not a big fan of them anymore, but whatever, you know, if you, if you feel comfortable and you enjoy them, God bless you. But um, don't be afraid to correct the other dog. You know what I'm saying? Don't wait for the, uh, the owners to do it because sometimes you're going to be waiting for quite a while, you know, make your dog see that you are not just in control of them. Let your dog see that you are not just able to handle them and protect them and deal with them. You are able to protect them from others. You know, you're able to handle others. That's going to earn you a lot of trust and respect points, guys. You know what I'm saying? So don't be afraid to do that. Assert yourself, step in so that they don't have to. Okay. It's going to go it's going it's gonna to help you multiple ways, but especially the fact that it's going to tell your dog, I don't have to correct because my mommy's got it. I don't have to correct because my daddy's got this. So I am fully protected. I'm just going to sit here. When I go to the dog park, my job is to have fun and be respectful. That's it. And if you did your job properly and you taught your dog good manners, it's going to be a great day at the dog park. You know what I'm saying? At least for your dog. The other dogs, hopefully they did the same thing. You know what I mean? So energy and body language is crucial. And also the, the communication factor is important. So don't panic because this is a, something that happens a lot. People freak out when they see like these little scuffles, they freak out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So like, like with pepper, you know, pepper was, it, you know, I call pepper mama pepper for a reason. And I call her mama pepper because she is a disciplinarian. You know what I'm saying? She is the dog that I bring in when another dog needs to be put in their place. Okay. Because Pepper is very, very, very balanced, well-behaved, and also has those motherly instincts and those, that ability to discipline that 
only a dog can, that the, the, the way only a dog can, you know what I mean? So I bring Pepper in when I need her to basically establish a certain, a certain dynamic. So a couple of months ago, went to a client's house, um, brought Pepper in with this dog. And of course, this is the kind of stuff that happened. Now, Pepper corrected the dog. The dog did not retaliate. The dog understood. But the problem was that the dog owners panicked. They were freaking out. Oh, my God. You know, she's going to kill my, other, my dog. And I said, no, no, no. This is not what's happening. She knows what she's doing. Because if she didn't do what I wanted her to do, then I would step in to let her know it took her too far. Okay. If she would have done something like that, for example, if um, uh, let's say, let's say a dog is eating food and, 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 and like their own food and she goes near them and the other dog growls on them and she responds to that, then I'm going to correct pepper because that's unacceptable. Now, granted, that's not going to happen because my baby, and she's, she's no, she's, she's well, she's well mannered. So if another dog is eating, she gives them space because that's what she was taught directions, boundaries and limits. So you understand what I'm saying? That's why you got to subscribe. So if, if, if she's going to do something in this particular case with like, like my, you know, my client's dogs, I let her do it because she was doing exactly what I needed her to do. She was teaching this dog. She was teaching this dog. And this happens a lot. Like even when I'm on the street, you know, I'm outside with my, with my guys, with the socks and pepper and another dog comes over. Oh, can we meet? Sure. And then this dog gets a little carried away. There's a couple of dogs in my neighborhood that actually are very, very rambunctious. They still have not learned their lesson and they get very, very frisky and Pepper puts them in their place and they stop. And they, oh my God, now it's funny because now that these, these dog owners have seen this in action, they recognize, oh, nothing, nothing. She never did anything. Exactly. You know, because she's not being aggressive. She's being corrective. She's doing what a normal, proper behave dog would do. So she's correcting to the level that I want her to. And if that didn't happen, if the other dog was not responding, I would deal with it. I'm not going to wait for the dog owner to do it. I'm going to take care of it. So this way Pepper says, no, everything's still in line. This makes sense, guys. Pasenzo, no, no. Energy and body language. And you know, there's this whole big, big, big production, this whole thing to do about how, you know, you know, you know, the physical aspect of dogs and how, you know, listen, dogs use physical you know, corrections, they use dominance with each other, you know, in the, in the animal world that being dominant is a good thing. You know what I'm saying? It's normal. It's a normal thing because there has to be leaders and followers. There has to be a hierarchy of authority. So being dominant is a natural, normal behavior, state of mind. The problem and the reason why it's gained such a negative uh, connotation and why people see it as such a bad dominance, you can't be the dominant one. Well, the reason why that word is so negative in the human side is because when it comes to the human side of it, the being dominant is not about being natural. It's about ego, you know? So you'll have people, you do what I tell you because you're my dog this is my house. I got you. You do what I tell you. You do what I say. That's a dominant from an ego standpoint, because you think you're better because you think you're, you're cool because you think you're whatever that's ego. Your ego is making that happen. So I want my dog to listen to me is what people will say. Well, here's the problem. Listen to this. This is important. Your dog can't listen to you. If they don't respect you, your dog can't listen to you. If they don't trust you. And if they don't trust and respect you, it's very simple. Why? 
You don't want to know why? And all the tricks and the obedience and the sits they lay down and leave it and all that bullshit, it ain't going to help. The reason why they don't trust and respect you is because you don't treat them like dogs. You don't respect their dogness. You don't communicate like a dog. You don't understand the brain of a dog. You don't understand the instincts of a dog. You don't understand the needs of a dog. You only understand what you think they need. And most people, most, most dog lovers, God bless their soul, they think that they understand what it means. No. Love, affection, attention, all that great. It's great. It's part of it, but it's not the only thing. Assuming certain things. I was just talking to somebody just today who was telling me about a dog that they, that they uh, put into a, a foster situation. And they were talking about how this dog was in their crate. And they were saying, this is the rescue who was telling, was saying that it's, it's telling, was telling the foster because the, the, the dog was behaving aggressively. So they're telling the foster that it was okay if the dog was being protective and aggressive inside the crate towards his own stuff, because that stuff is his, the stuff in the crate is his. So if he wants to protect it, it's okay. Now, is that make sense? Of course not. This is a person who is in the dog world, but of course the knowledge is not there. So we have to educate. It's not acceptable. That stuff is not theirs. And if you allow them to be protective in the crate, they're going to be, I'm sorry, if you allow them to be aggressive in the crate, it's going to happen everywhere else too. You know what I'm saying? So the way they're displaying it may not be that the dog is being aggressive, but because of the way they're behaving, it's perceived that way, right? Maybe this dog is just being unsure. Maybe this dog is just being dominant because you said, this is your stuff. So they're saying, hey, oh, oh, oh this is my stuff. Don't come near it. You see what I'm saying? Move, move, back it up. Sure. That's what, that's what you're told them to be. So we automatically label these dogs as aggressive. And that's the reason why I really wanted to talk about how dogs communicate and how dogs correct is because we label them aggressive when they're trying to do something and when they're being dogs. So you see a dog like Pepper who's correcting a dog that's just very, very rambunctious. And you think, oh my God, that dog must be aggressive. No, that dog is perfect. Perfect. She's teaching your dog. And if you don't understand that, you're going to create a conversation between the two of them that's just going to cause more problems because you're not understanding what they're communicating. You're not understanding what they're speaking. And you're assuming that you understand, but in reality, you don't know nothing and you're causing problems, right? You cause problems because there's this miscommunication, right? So makes sense. There was a movie that I watch and I really, really like it. I really, really enjoy it. Um, it's relatively new. It's called Call of the Wild with uh, uh, Harrison Ford. And basically, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a really good movie. Go watch it. Uh, after you listen to all the podcast episodes, of course, uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel too, so you can watch some videos. You see this beautiful face. Come on. How can you look at this gorgeous face? Come on. Hello. 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 How you doing? All right. So I'm um, very humble, aren't I? Yes. So remember guys, it's about training people, not training dogs. God damn it. It's about training people, not training dogs. So call of the wild. Um, it's with Harrison Ford. And it's basically um, about, I'm not going to spoil the whole, the whole, the whole movie for you, but there's one particular scene that I really, really just thought was, was incredible because it really captured the essence of a dog. And this is one dog who's like the main character. His name is, I believe, Buck. And he's this big, I guess he's a mud or some sort. I'm not sure, but he's this big dog. And to make a long story short, he ends up on a, on a, on a sled team. Um, 
And so the, the pack leader amongst the dogs of the, sl- of the that were pulling the sled was a husky. And this husky, of course, they made it the movie a little more, you know, dramatic, a little more humanized. So they made this husky into a little bit of a bully, right? So they made him into a little bit of a bully. So he kind of like is, you know, bullying. I mean, not even dominant, he's bullying the other dogs. Like I said, they made it a little more humanized, but, you know, we get the point. So, you know, Buck comes in, the new dog, and of course, this dog is bullying him around. So he takes over. Now, the other dogs are intimidated by this husky. So what happens is that, that um, you know, Buck decides, I forget exactly what he did, but he did something that the other dogs kind of liked, but it disrespected the husky. So the husky took it personally. Again, it was a little more dramatic and humanized, but the bottom line is that he did something that the husky felt disrespected by. So he basically ambushed Buck and attacked him. So Buck was more of a submissive type. The husky, even though smaller in size, was a dominant type. So he kind of put Buck in his place with the other dogs watching. So, you know, little, you know, Hollywood drama stuff. Buck looked at the dogs. They really, you know, he realized how, you know, he didn't do something to protect these other dogs, whatever. So he decides to respond back. And what he did was he grabbed the husky by the scruff with his mouth. He grabbed them by the scruff, by the scruff. He flipped them over his head, made them land on the ground, and then took his paw as the husky was on his side and just put it on the side of his neck. Right now, you could tell from the scene that the way that the, he put his paw on the neck was not like by pushing down. It was just man, basically like like to hold him down. So you could even see like the husky is kind of like lifting his head to try to get up. And 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 uh, Buck looks down on him with this very stern, very strong, very assertive look. And then the husky looks at him as he's trying to get up, and he feels you know what maybe this might not be a bad idea. He lays his head back down. Laying on his side, Buck removes his paw. Guess what? Now we have a dynamic shift where Buck became the dominant figure. Why? Because the communication was simple. Dog-on-dog communication. He put the dog on his, on his side, which is the, 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 basically to relax him and to make him surrender. Kind of like a wrestling move type thing. He said, call uncle, just give it up, and we'll be cool. Nothing violent, nothing crazy, but that's what dogs do. You know, and you could see it again, the way I was describing like socks when he was dealing with like the, the smaller dogs with pepper, when he's trying to come down, he uses his head to kind of like pin them down. That's really dog on dog communication, body language. You know what I mean? So they put them on their side, which is the most reliable. I mean, if you ever see a dog sleep, they're on their side, right? That's the most relaxed they could be in. And that's what they're saying is you just need to relax. You know what I mean? In this particular case with like the call of the wild movie, this was more geared towards, you know, you need to surrender. You know, and that's really what happened because, you know, there was no force involved. It was just, listen, somebody has to give up. That's why I was saying before about the dominance, that word dominance, you know, it's not an ego thing. It's not an ego in the human world. It's an ego thing. That's why we have such a negative association with it in the dog world. It's natural. You know what I mean? In the animal world, it's natural. There's a dominant and there's a submissive. If you don't believe that, then you really don't understand dogs. And there's a lot of professionals that just don't get that. And you know what? That's why, whatever, they can do whatever they want. You subscribe to the podcast. You listen to the Pac-Man. You'll learn the right way. Your dogs will thank you for it. Don't you worry. So, yeah. So, remember, dog communication is energy and body language. And that's what I'm talking about with the body language. See, when I'm describing that, 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 um, that, that communication between Buck and the Husky, there was body language involved. 
It was the teeth. There was the paw, right? It was the body was involved, but the energy was also there as well. The energy was assertive. The energy was calm. How many times do we talk about calm? I say this a bunch of times, calmness, calm and firm in balance, right? Barking for balance. See what I'm talking about? I bring it up. That's because barking for balance. It's all about balance, calm and firm in balance. Not one, not the other, both in balance, in proportion all the time. That's how Buck communicated. He said, knock it off. Still calm, assertive. Husky's like, oh shit. All right. There's a new sheriff in town. Let me surrender. You take over. And that's how it worked, right? Dog on dog communication. It's beautiful. We need to learn that. We need to understand that. Come on, guys. We need to understand that. So many dogs get this misinterpretation because you see something, you hear something, and you automatically associate with something different than it actually is. And it's sad because you see these things and the poor dogs pay the price. You know, I was at the vet with, the, with socks and the cat. All of a sudden, well, this pit bull's aggressive. But when I explained and I showed exactly what had took place, all of a sudden, oh my God, you're right. And then you have people that are around that are listening, that are paying attention. You know what? That's true. The cat swatted at him and he just removed himself. He didn't retaliate. Hmm, that's a good dog. That's a well-trained, quote-unquote, human. Get it? See what I'm saying? Well-trained dog owner who taught his dog how to read respectful, much like a parent would do for a child. Teach him manners, right? See what I'm saying? I don't know if that's still going on nowadays. I, I have no idea. You tell me, you know, but back in my day, that's how it worked. And with my guys, that's exactly how it works. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if the cat was misbehaving towards the dogs. Listen, the cat outside, like the cats that I take care of outside, sometimes they misbehave. I correct them too. You know, they'll swat at socks and pepper for no reason. Hey, knock it off. This way, socks and pepper, no, daddy's got this. See what I'm saying? It's not always a bad thing, guys. It's not, you know, don't. Don't misinterpret what you perceive as something bad be just because of the way it looks or the way it sounds. You can't judge a book by its cover. You know what I mean? But mine you can because it's awesome. Wait till you see it. It's cool. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm excited. I can't help it. So, you know, watch that movie. It's called The Wild. It's really, really good. And, you know, on, try to work on, on, on yourselves. Try to, you know, understand, again, energy and body <coughs> excuse me. I get excited. I get a little choked up. <laughs> I get choked up. No. Um, you know, energy and body language, guys. We have to learn that dog communication is based on energy and body language. And we need to learn that, you know, we, we need to learn, you know, on this podcast, we've talked Siciliano, Paramo Siciliano. that's a language. You know what I mean, you learn dog language, your, your dog will thank you for it. So, you know, to, to sum this up, Number one, dogs communicate with energy and body language. Number one, very important. Dogs do correct with energy and body language. Get it? Your dog is allowed to correct to a certain point, but then you got to step in. Okay. Don't let them get past that point. Don't let, don't be the kind of people. I'll let them figure it out. They'll figure it out. No, don't do that shit. Okay. You have to step in. Your job is to protect your dogs from themselves, from others, from, from everything, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be. You know, you have to be the pack leader. You have to establish direction, bounds, and limits. Listen, if you want to learn more about this, you can hit me up, you know, you contact me and we'll talk and we'll, we'll, you know, I'll teach you 
the right stuff. You know, it's not about training dogs. It's about training people, you know, and no matter where you're located, we have our virtual program that is just as effective, if not more effective than our in-person program, which I'm going to talk about on a, on a future podcast a little bit more. So you get the point as to why it's so, so invaluable uh, and so important and to why it's more important to train people and dogs, but don't, 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 don't automatically perceive and see what you think is happening. Um, you know, don't panic. If you're, if you ever in a situation where you have like this quote unquote scuffling type thing, don't just freak out. Remember calm and firm is always what you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? And don't just, just don't correct immediately. You know, a dog that's snarling, people freak out about that too. They try to take something away and the dog is snarling or whatever the case may be. Most of the time, those dogs are, are, are being nervous. Sometimes they're nervous dominant. You know, sometimes they're just dominant, but always stems from you, your, the dog owner's lack of establishing directions, boundaries, and limits, otherwise known as leadership. You know, if a dog snarls to try to intimidate you and you become fearful and you back away, guess what? You just showed that dog that what they just did worked. So they're going to do it again and they're going to do more of it. You know what I'm saying? So listen, uh, I think I explained this. If you guys want to learn more, just hit me up. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, guys. I said it once. I'll say it again. If you have it, what are you waiting for? Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pac-Man to the rescue. P-A-C-K-M-A-N to the rescue. All spelled out. No numbers in there. Got it? Make sure you do that. You're going to see God spelled backwards is coming out, guys. Kick-ass book. You're going to love it. It's inspirational, funny. Come on. It's, it's, it's about me. How can it not be? It's, I'm really proud of it. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Barking for Balance. And uh, if you have any questions, hit me up. Love talking to you guys. I love doing these podcasts. I really love um, you know, teaching you. I really love you guys sharing. And I love you guys communicating back. So let's continue to do that. You guys are my guys, Pac-Man. And uh, we're going to come up with a name for you guys as well. So anyway, um, hope you guys have a great night. Thank you for joining Barking for Balance and I will catch you next time. See you later. (laughs) 